Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, uh, that is an especially long gospel, and it deserves an even longer sermon. So uh, I want you to enjoy yourself right where you are laying or seated. But uh, welcome to Calvary St. George's. The diaspora has been gathered on the internet, and a very, very warm welcome to you. I want to begin by saying thanks especially to Matt Valigdon and Camel Boutros for all of their hard work in getting the church up and running in this new way. This indeed is a crazy, crazy time as we all have been adjusting to actually what people are calling uh, the new normal, if you will. Um, I have been wrestling with that because I don't want this to be the new normal, um, but I've been wrestling with the fact that maybe it is. You know, uh, Holy Week and Easter will be online in this kind of format, and we'll be giving you details on how to do that. We had to cancel the Muhlenberg lectures. Today, Magnus Pearson was supposed to be preaching, and... um, I know for a lot of you it's been really difficult this week making adjustments. I know some of you have small children and you had to cancel their birthday parties. And that really is tough, especially for a six-year-old. I know for some of you now all of a sudden you've become homeschooling parents. And that is tough, especially if you're not a homeschooling parent. And uh, I know some of you being in your apartments all by yourself... And now all of the canceled gigs coming in and all of the lost work and the possibility of losing your job on the horizon. This is not fun. And it's really easy for people to just jump over it and move on and find, you know, the jokes and the silver lining. But but that's just just a band-aid on a gaping wound in a time like this. And in moments like this, the question that begins to run through all of our minds is what the heck, God? You know, whose fault is this? What did I do to deserve this? Now, doomsday prophets, let me tell you, are about to become a dime a dozen. But I am here today to deliver to you some good news. And I want you to know that you are not alone as you pose this question. The disciples asked Jesus this very question several times throughout the gospel, including our reading today. The disciples see this man born blind, and they ask Jesus, whose fault is it? Was it his? Was it his parents? When things go wrong, we want to know who is responsible. I was processing this whole thing with Ben earlier this week, And um, the Pharisee in me came out, and I had a huge list about a mile long of all of the people I was blaming for whose fault this is. And we function this way because when it comes to relating to God, so often we go by what we see. We can't help it. We are wired this way. In the Western world, we have Plato and Aristotle to thank for this. If things are going great in my life, man, God must be really pleased with me. If things are going horribly for me, man, God must be upset with me. And now we're all in quarantine. Now we got many of us zilcho income coming in. And our internet is now running slow and Netflix is starting to look like a bad VHS tape because all of these churches are bogarting the internet with their worship services. 
Whose fault is it, God, that I've got to watch this church service? But anyway, no, um, this is my first point. Brothers and sisters, to see simply with your natural eyes in situations like these, to base God's blessing or curse on what you see around you and how things are actually going for you, that is spiritual blindness. Today, Jesus reminds his disciples that God's favor is not contingent on your situations. Instead, our situations are about the works of God being revealed. Through it all, the good times and the bad times, through blindness and sight, through quarantine and integration. This is all so that God's works might be revealed. I mean, ponder that for a second. This man's blindness. Go figure. Coronavirus for us actually becomes the very thing that displays Jesus' glory as the light of the world. Now, this brings up a very important question that must be clarified before we go further. And that is, what are the works of God that are being revealed in this moment in our gospel? Well, the works of God are two things. They are God's judgment, and they are God's grace. And the point of healing is to confirm that Jesus is indeed the light of the world, which reveals these two works clearly. So immediately, what does Jesus do? He takes some dirt and spit, and he makes some mud. Here's mud in your eye, guy. But this is an interesting way to heal. And two quick sub-points about this. Um, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but two quick subpoints. First, throughout the Gospels, Jesus is never healing the same way. He's always healing people in different ways. Because he knows that if he did it just with mud in your eye every time, then there would be guys like me that would worship the method. On Thursdays at our healing prayer service, I would be rubbing mud in your eye every single time, as opposed to worshiping the one who is the giver of the healing. The second reason Jesus makes mud with saliva is because in this particular instance, the word mud in Greek is also clay. And the Pharisees had a long, long list of things you could, you could not do on the Sabbath, works you could not do. And one of them specifically was to make clay. You, couldn't def- you definitely couldn't do that on the Sabbath. So what Jesus is doing at this point is he's getting everybody's attention. Now comes the important part. It's not the mud. The important part is is that Jesus speaks. So there is his word. And then he tells the blind man to do what? Go and wash. So you have water. Word and water. And all of a sudden, eyes that never saw before, eyes that had been blinded from birth, can see perfectly. The light has shined in the darkness And the darkness has not overcome it. However, now what does the light reveal? What are the works of God that are being revealed? Well, first it's judgment. And I'm sure the blind guy, I mean, can you imagine never seeing, all of a sudden seeing, he is freaking out. And the crowd that's known this guy as a blind beggar in the corner for all of his life they get into a frazzled sense. Wait, what, what's going on? This guy that's been blind our whole life, we now see him? And they're like, how did this happen? Is this, a, is this a joke? 
And he's like, man, Jesus did it. That guy, Jesus, he did it. Well, this perks up the ears of the Pharisee because he says, you know, he, he anointed my eyes with clay, with mud. Wait, this perks up the Pharisees and they get into the mix because they mention mud on the Sabbath, work on the Sabbath. And so you see their conversation here. That makes Jesus a sinner. And how can a sinner do such signs? Jesus doesn't fit into our paradigm. This doesn't fit into how we naturally see. Good things, God listening to bad people. God blesses only good people and rule followers. What does the light reveal? The light reveals judgment in this instance. It reveals the cruelty of this way of thinking. Jesus has revealed the self-righteousness and the self-reliance that comes from unbelief. The self-righteousness and the self-reliance that comes from the idea that God's pleasure or displeasure with us is based on our works. That God's pleasure or displeasure with us is determined by how we fare at the end of the quarantine. This is the work of God that is being revealed. The judgment on that sort of thinking and what it produces in us. Never forget, the light has come into the world and it is shining upon us all. But to unbelief, that light becomes blinding light. So that those who think they see actually become blind. And those who are blind... Those who know that they have no hope actually, truly begin to see. The truth is, we're all the blind man. This is what it is to be a Christian. We're all born blind, steeped in sin. And just like the blind man could not will his sight, nor can we ever will ourselves to believe in Jesus. Yet he comes to us. He comes to this man in his blindness. He comes to us in our sin. He comes to us in our darkness. He comes to us in our quarantined and helpless states. And he anoints us with his spirit. And he has anointed us with his spirit by water and the word. We call it baptism. And we, in those moments, are now given the eyes of faith the eyes to truly see. And what do we see? In Christ we see ourselves as the sinners that we actually are. But more importantly, we see Jesus for who he is, the actual Savior and friend of sinners. And this is my third point. What does the light reveal? Well, what the light reveals in this moment is that however you and I emerge from this crisis, our relationship with God is intact. And our relationship with God is intact because our relationship is based all on grace. And yes, one of the things this week has brought made crystal clear is the reality of death. And that while you and I someday will die, The promise of the gospel, dear Christian, is that because of that grace, he will raise our bodies up out of the grave and we will behold him as our light and our life. 
However, for now, and this is the hard part, believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. Believing that in Jesus, come what may in the next couple of days, come what may in the next couple of months, come what may in the next couple of years, believing is seeing. And believing is knowing that you already have all of God's mercy, all of God's favor, and all of God's grace right now. Believe it and see it. Believe it and know it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.